on yesterday's show, uh, we we ran out of time when um, for part of the interview that I played from uh, uh, Prime with Charles Blow from uh, Wednesday, November tenth, twenty twenty one. We were talking about the infrastructure bill, and Charles Blow interviewed uh, Representative James Clyburn. Okay, so um, I want to play. So, so he was talking about the infrastructure bill, how it's beneficial to African Americans. The second part of the interview, towards the end, he talked about uh, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Okay, and we ran out of time broadcasting on nine ten a.m. 9, 10 a.m. yesterday. So I want to uh, go to uh, this next segment here. Okay, uh, let's go to clip three, Shakita. We're going to start at the nine minute, 11 second mark. So he said they're going to continue to try to get the bill passed. What you're going to have to do, you're not going to get any help from Republicans. So you're going to have to um, either get rid of the filibuster, which I'm, which they're not going to, Democrats are not going to get rid of the filibuster and, and rightfully so, because what nobody really wants to be honest about and tell the truth about is that Democrats used the filibuster a number of times under the Trump administration to stop harmful bills from uh, Republicans in the Senate. Okay. No, nobody really wants to be honest enough uh, to say that. I'll tell you that because we dealt with that here on this show and, I, and we, we dealt with the evidence Okay, okay, let's go to this clip. So about something. Last time I have right. I, I, I only have a few minutes left here. I want to ask you something about something. Last time I had to say you were very optimistic that we were going to get something passed on the George Floyd Policing Act. Those negotiations fell apart. There was finger pointing on both sides saying that you know that that, that we're not negotiating good faith. How do you feel now that we look like we're not gonna get anything done on a federal policing act? I've not given up on it. You know, um, we'll be back in January. We get these economic things done, get people in a better frame of mind, uh, children taken care of. You know, the child tax credit was five weeks on the 31st. You get this bill passed and the bill back better. with a, a full additional year uh, for child credit, uh, tax credits on it. Let's get that done. People get in a better frame of mind. And, and then I want to revisit the judge for just make police and And this time, I hope people will join me in trying to get things done incrementally. We got the, uh, the Civil Rights Act in 64. We didn't get the Blue Act until 65. We didn't get the Fair Housing Law until 68. We now got them all. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So if we can get some things done until George Floyd, outlaw the chokehold, outlaw no not. Uh, uh, interest. Put a uh, in place so people who violate uh, their, the laws can't do something bad, get fired one place, and go and get hired another place. That would be a start. And so what losses think of arguing over qualified entity, and the moment I said, let's get started on this, everybody started giving me Hades. Well, now we got nothing. I want to thank you for your time. I'm kind of run out of time here. I hope that we get back uh, to talking about uh, a, a federal policing act. 
but it, it seems very hard to do if we're going to be down to an election year when the hard votes are harder to come by. But anyway, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for having me. Just remember, we passed it in the House. Exactly. Exactly. The George Floyd Justice and Policing Act passed in the House of Representatives March 3rd, 2021, by a vote of 220 to 212. All the Republicans voted against the bill. And, and, and as I said back, as I said back in May, and people jumped on Clyburn and I said Clyburn was absolutely correct uh, the, with the negotiations between Democrats and Tim Scott in the Senate. They said the sticking point was qualified immunity. I, Clyburn said that that's the he said we don't have to get qualified immunity right now. He said, take it out, get the rest of the bill passed. And all uh, the activists were going crazy, having conniptions. Tamika Mallory, Sean King, all these other people say, oh, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. Now you didn't get the damn bill passed. I told you, take that out. Get the rest of the bill passed. Qualified immunity is not the most important thing in the bill. Go to Congress.gov and read the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Look at this fact sheet from judiciary.house.gov. The most important thing in the bill is lowering the federal standard from willful intent down to recklessness, which means that you can federally prosecute more police officers criminally and ultimately get more police officers convicted criminally. Qualified immunity is a civil lawsuit in civil court. Nobody's going to prison over that. You got to do research and stop following these talking points. That's stupid. I said back in May, take that BS out. No, people didn't want to do that. And now you can get the bill passed. Okay, those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. Uh, we're going to keep broadcasting for a few more minutes. I want to go to, uh, I want to deal with this other story dealing with uh, legislation to resolve GI Bill racial inequities uh, regarding African-American GIs. And these, this bill was introduced by Democrats because Republicans ain't going to introduce nothing like that. Okay, you just, uh, thanks for watching the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Right now, it's correct. Wrong behavior is not over till we win. We're kind of forever. Stand by. Okay. Um, Senate Republicans did not agree on the bill because Tim Scott was negotiating on behalf of Senate Republicans. And the Senate Republicans, most of them were against taking out qualified immunity. So the bill did not come up, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act did not come up for a vote in the Senate. Now, all the, all the Democrats supported the bill. Senator Cory Booker and Representative Karen Bass were negotiating with Senator Tim Scott on behalf of the Democrats, and he's negotiating on behalf of Republicans. Okay, um, so so read, read read that fact sheet. This deals with what's it what's in the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2021, and you can go to Congress.gov and read the bill and read a summary of the bill, and then you can look and see who voted for the bill in the House of Representatives. No Republicans voted for the bill because the one Republican who did vote for the bill, he put out a tweet and said he accidentally voted for the bill and was going to correct his vote. So no, no Republicans supported the bill. And that was in the House. See, this is, this is the example. See, this is, this is where a lot of this woke BS, people going to end up with nothing.
I told I, I said back in May, I said it on Roland Martin Unfiltered, and I said it on this show. If you can't come to an agreement on qualified immunity, take qualified immunity out and get the rest of the bill passed. Why the hell are you gonna keep arguing for months about qualified immunity? That doesn't even make sense. Uh, which one is it? Is it this one here or I think it's the one before this one. It's, uh, what's the, okay, let's look at, uh, you can read this article also here from NBC news. Uh, here's what the George Floyd justice and policing that would do. This is from April 21st, 2021. Okay, you can read that one as well. Um, all right, now I want to shift gears here. I want to go to uh, this right here. I, I, I've done a presentation in the past dealing with the um, GI Bill, how African-American uh, World War II veterans were discriminated against when they came back home. Uh, there's legislation being introduced by Democrats because Republicans don't want to deal with racism. Axios.com had an article about this. We posted this a couple of days ago on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network. And I saw Representative Clyburn on Ali Velshi's show uh, on Saturday talking about this during an interview. And I said, we're going to discuss this on the show because once again, this deals with how elections have consequences and understanding how politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power, and resources and the writing of law, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties that adopts an interpretation and enforcement. So I'm going to cue this up here because it was toward the end of the interview that they talked about this. But um, legislation to resolve GI Bill racial inequities introduced by Democrats. Uh, this is from Axios.com. Um, and this is from November 11th, 2021. Okay. Congressional Democrats reintroduced legislation this week that would, if passed, help resolve racial inequities regarding GI Bill benefits, because most Republicans don't even want to acknowledge racism exists and don't want to deal with anything like this. OK, and if and if they do name them, who are they? Where, where are they? You may have one or two out of 212 in, in the House. And 50 in the Senate, where are they? Now, why does this matter? Many African-American service members who fought for the country during World War II were denied, were, de were denied or prevented from taking full advantage of veteran benefits after they returned home from the war because of racial discrimination, white supremacy and racism, et cetera, okay? Uh, President Franklin uh, D. Roosevelt, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, signed the GI Bill into law in 1944. Okay, and it was actually June of um, June 22nd, 1944. 
He signed the bill to reward honorably discharged uh, veterans for their service helping by helping them return to civilian life through college assistance, low cost mortgages to buy homes and low interest uh, business loans. Okay. College assistance to go to college. And also they got assistance to go to trade schools. If they decide to go to trade schools, low cost mortgages and low interest business loans. However, the bill, the, G, uh, the GI Bill, as is commonly known, but the actual name is the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944. The Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944, commonly known as the GI Bill. The GI Bill was designed to accommodate Jim Crow segregation policies and racial, political, and institutional barriers so many african-american veterans were never able to fully access the federal benefits now it's important to understand that our taxpayer dollars taxpayer dollars were paying for these benefits um from about 1944 to it was about 1944 to um about going into the 1970s i think it was the u.s invested 67 billion dollars in the gi bill okay uh well it was say from 44 for 50 years from 44 to 90, 1994 over 50 years the impact of the gi bill was enormous with 20 million veterans and dependents using the education benefits and 14 million home loans guaranteed for a total federal investment of $67 billion, a total federal investment of $67 billion. Among the millions of Americans who have taken advantage of the GI Bill are former President George H.W. Bush, the father, Gerald Ford, who was um, Richard Nixon's second vice president, because Spiro T. Agnew, his first vice president, had to resign because he was hit with uh, uh, corruption charges and tax evasion charges. Uh, Vice President Al Gore and entertainers Johnny Cash, Ed, Mc Ed McMahon, Paul Newman, and Clint Eastwood. Okay, now, um, as a result, these veterans and their families were hindered from receiving an education and building generational wealth through buying homes or starting businesses which are key to achieving intergenerational economic mobility. So these African-American veterans had earned the right to uh, take advantage of these benefits, but they were being discriminated against because of white supremacy and racism, even though taxpayer dollars from African-Americans were helping to subsidize the, the, the GI Bill which was largely benefiting white veterans. You, you're using taxpayer dollars, well, taxpayer dollars from everybody, including African-Americans, to create opportunities for white veterans, but African-American veterans who earned the same benefits are largely being discriminated against from using the benefits that they earn. 
but our taxpayer dollars are paying for these benefits for white veterans. Now, I wonder if any of these Republicans running around are going to call that socialism. Are they going to call the GI Bill socialism? I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Okay, let's go back to this article here. So, as a result, the veterans and their families were hindered from receiving an education and building generational wealth through buying homes or starting businesses, which are key to achieving intergenerational economic mobility. The GI Bill Restoration Act, introduced this week by House Majority Whip James Clyburn and uh, who's part of the Congressional Black Caucus. You got all these people running around Congressional Black Caucus don't do nothing, anything. First thing you should do is go to their website. You do realize they put out a year and report each year that talks about everything they do, right? You, I mean, this, I mean, this is for people who actually read. You do realize this, right? There's a year and report each year that the CBC puts out. Is that their website, cbc.house.gov? The GI Bill Restoration Act, introduced this week by House Majority Whip James Clyburn, Democrat from South Carolina, and Representative Seth Malton, uh, Democrat from Massachusetts, who's white, the, uh, the author of the legislation, would extend these loan and education benefits to living spouses and descendants of Black World War II veterans. Living spouses and descendants of black World War II veterans. It would extend these loans and education benefits to living spouses and descendants of black World War II veterans. It would also establish an independent panel to study how veteran benefits are, ad are administered to women and people of color and make recommendations to resolve any uncovered inequities and make recommendations to resolve any uncovered inequities. Senator Raphael Warnock, who's a member of the Congressional Black Caucus, last time I checked, he is black, he's from Georgia. Senator Raphael Warnock is set to introduce the legislation in the U.S. Senate later this month. Now, it is, quote, it is important to acknowledge this injustice and help address the wealth gap that was exacerbated by the government's failure to fulfill this promise to World War II veterans of color, said Representative James Clyburn in a statement. Quote, we can never fully repay those American heroes like the Tuskegee Airmen, but we can fix this going forward for their families, end quote, said Representative Seth, Seth Moulton, who is an Iraq war veteran. Quote, while our generation did not commit this wrong, we should be committed to making it right. While our generation did not commit this wrong, we should be committed to making it right. I wonder how many Republicans are going to vote for this bill. Because no Republicans in the House or the Senate voted for the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, and it was going to help a whole lot of poor-ass white people 
in their districts that keep voting for them. Okay. And no Republicans in the House or the Senate voted for the bill for the $1.9 trillion America Rescue Plan. So I wonder how many are going to vote for, for this bill here. I'm just curious. While our generation, Representative Seth Moulton, Democrat from Massachusetts, who's white, said while our generation did not commit this wrong, we should be committed to making it right. This legislation honors our nation's commitment to American veterans, end quote. So in between attacking Big Bird, like Senator Ted Cruz, and trying to ban books and attacking uh, uh, Tony Morrison, who's deceased, and trying to ban beloved and ban and talk about banning critical race theory that's not even taught in K through 12 schools. I wonder how many Republicans are going to support this bill. Okay, now. Uh, let's see here. I want to go to. I want to go to this clip here. They talked about this on Ali Velshi's show on MSNBC. Uh, this was Saturday. Saturday was that November 13th, I think it was. Saturday, November 14th. Um, they were speaking with Representative James Clyburn. And they all, this is one of the topics that they discussed as well. Let's go to this. That's at the 506 mark. Okay, let's go to this clip. Okay, hold on. This is not playing. Just a second here. And Congressman, I just want to underscore that the president has often said that we are right now in the battle for our democracy because we are facing an autocratic governance if we do not step up. But I also want to applaud the bill that you just recently introduced, recognizing the efforts of African-American World War II veterans and how their ancestors now will be able to be eligible to receive in GI the allocations of the GI bill that before were not, they were not eligible because of the color of their skin. Can you elaborate on that bill you introduced? Well, thank you very much for allowing me to do that. I have joined uh, with Representative Seth Moulton of Massachusetts uh, to honor two sergeants. One, Sergeant Maddox from Massachusetts, and Sergeant Isaac Woodard from South Carolina. Uh, I think that if people were to look at what happened to these two uh, gentlemen, Coming back from World War II, having just saved this country uh, from an autocracy, and have uh, and be punished, not even allowed to participate in the GI Bill. The GI Bill meant so much to so many people, helping them rebuild their lives. And a lot of people did rebuild their lives uh, as a result of the GI Bill. But these two gentlemen and thousands of others were denied access. Sergeant Woodard was blinded uh, by in South Carolina while in his uniform. All he was trying to do 
is be an American. He is the one who gave the incentive that incentivized Brown v. Board of Education. If you look at the story of Isaac Woodard, you will see how a federal judge, Jay Wittes Rarin, here in South Carolina, looked at what happened to him and decided he was no longer going to be a Southern judge. He was going to be an American uh, judge. And these kinds of things need to be rectified. He was the one that incented uh, Harry Truman to intervene the armed services. Harry Truman said in the letter, when I see something like this, it's got to come to, to an end. So Sergeant Maddox was denied an education. Uh, and all around him could get it with the GI Bill. And so Seth Moulton and I are trying hard to do what is necessary uh, to make, to right that wrong for their children or their descendants. You know, Congressman, oftentimes people say wages representation matter, and you are emblematic of why it's important for Americans to be able to choose the representatives that reflect their values and who they are. So thank you, Congressman, for your work. Jim Clyburn, Democrat from, the South, from South Carolina. All right. So he mentioned Isaac Woodard. I talked about Isaac Woodard before, uh, um, and that was from Saturday, November 13th. I talked about Isaac Woodard before. You can read this article here from um, the Washington Post. A black World War II veteran was beaten and blinded, fueling the civil rights movement. A black World War II veteran was beaten and blinded, fueling the civil rights movement. This is about Isaac Woodard. Um, a new documentary explores how Isaac Woodard changed America. All right. Um, and he, he was blinded in an assault by police officers. Uh, this article is from March 31st, 2021 by Deneen L. Brown for the Washington Post. Now, in February uh, 1946, Sergeant Isaac Woodard, a decorated African-American soldier, just returning uh, from World War II, rode a Greyhound bus uh, head, uh, heading home to South Carolina. Woodard, who had just been honorably discharged from the Army and was still wearing his uniform, asked the bus driver to stop so that he could use the, bat use the restroom. The driver reluctantly pulled over after calling Isaac Woodard a boy who was in his army uniform, he was a sergeant in the, in the army, called him a boy. Isaac Woodard, who had just returned from more than three years of military service in the Pacific, stood up for himself and other African-American veterans telling the driver not to talk to him like that. Isaac Woodard said, I'm a man just like you. Now, at the next town, Batesburg, South Carolina, and Representative James Clyburn is a representative in South Carolina. The Batesburg police chief pulled Isaac Woodard off the bus and immediately began beating him, plunging a blackjack into each of Isaac Woodard's eye, eye sockets and blinding him, like a billy club, the blackjack, and blinding him, okay? why he's wearing his, his army uniform. Now, Isaac Woodard was taken to jail where he would later explain that someone poured whiskey on him to say that he had been drunk. He spent the night in excruciating pain. 
The next morning, morning he was taken to court in order to sign papers that he could not see or read. A new documentary, The Blinding of Isaac Woodard, directed by Jamila Efron and narrated by Andre Holland, premiered uh, on uh, uh, American Experience back in uh, March 2021 on PBS. The documentary explores the story of Isaac Waters' life and how the beating fueled the civil rights movement and changed the trajectory of U.S. history. Quote, based on Bob Gergel's uh, book, An Unexampled Courage, the film details how the crime led to um, the racial awakenings of South Carolina, uh, South Carolina judge, uh, South Carolina judge J. Watis Waring and President Harry Truman, who desegregated federal offices and the military two years later, end quote, according to uh, PBS, Public Broadcasting System. The documentary uncovers, quote, how a single individual can be the spark that ignites a movement and creates a seismic seismic shift in public opinion, end quote, said Cameo George, the film's executive producer. Although his name is little known today, Isaac Woodard's story changed hearts and minds and the law of the land. Although his name is little known today, Isaac Woodard's story changed hearts and minds and the law of the land. End quote. Now, two months after he was blinded, Isaac Woodard traveled to New York, New York City, where he met with Walter White, executive secretary of the NAACP. The NAACP's legal team, led by Thurgood Marshall, have been looking for civil rights cases that could be help that that could help dramatize the impact of Jim Crow laws, lynchings, white supremacy police brutality, and racial violence committed against African-Americans. Here's Thurgood Marshall here. Hundreds of African-American veterans have been attacked and an unknown number were lynched. Hundreds of African-American veterans had been attacked and an unknown number uh, had, uh, were lynched. The NAACP offices were filled with harrowing reports of black veterans lynched. One African-American veteran lynched had been murdered for casting a vote in a primary. One African-American veteran had been murdered for casting a vote in a primary. Now, in July 1946, four African-Americans, including George W. Dorsey, a distinguished veteran uh, who had served in uh, World War II in the Pacific and North Africa, were beaten, tortured, and fatally shot and hanged from the Moore's Ford, M-O-O-R-E, apostrophe S, Moore's Ford Bridge in Walton County, Georgia, in what is called the last mass lynching in America. This was in 1946, the year after World War II ends, which ends in 1945. 
quote, so many people did not survive their encounters with police officers, Jamila Efren, Efren the, uh, the film's director, said in a telephone interview, quote, here someone has survived. Isaac Woodard's face bore the evidence of the crime committed against him, end quote. Unlike so many other African-American veterans who have been lynched, Isaac Woodard lived to tell his story. The NAACP was able, was, uh, was quote, able to issue, uh, so was able to use Isaac Woodard to galvanize people. Okay, uh, Jamila Efren, Efren said. Isaac Woodard traveled the country on a speaking tour, a benefit concert headlined by huge stars, uh, including Billie Holiday, Woody Guthrie, and Duke Ellington, was, was organized to raise money for Isaac Woodard, Sergeant Isaac Woodard. Heavyweight champion Joe Lewis co-chaired the concert. Now, Isaac Woodard took the stage speaking in a low voice. The audience of more than 20,000 people fell silent. He said, quote, I spent three and a half years in the service of my country and thought I would be treated as a man when I returned to my country. But that was a mistake. But that was a mistake. Now, Isaac Woodard's story resonated. More than 900,000 um, African-American men fought in World War II, including Megger Evers, who was at D-Day in uh, 1944 in France. Megger Evers was a World War II veteran. More than 900,000 African-American men fought in World War II. Most of them returned home to the South, carrying themselves with, with, the, with, dignity of, uh, with the dignity of having fought for their country, hoping they would be treated with respect. Instead, many were attacked simply for wearing their uniforms. Now, uh, Jamila Efron said, it coalesced with a moment when yet again, black men had gone off to fight for human rights to come home and have those rights denied them. It coalesced with a moment when yet again, black men had gone off to fight for human rights to come home and have those rights denied them, end quote. It reached a tipping point amongst black veterans and black communities that enough was enough. The NAACP asked the actor Orson Welles to use his weekly radio show to highlight the brutal attack on Isaac Woodard. Week after week, after Orson Welles, who was white, pounded at the question, who was the officer who beat and blinded Woodard? Who was the officer who beat and blinded Isaac Woodard? Orson Welles asked for help in identifying the town where Isaac Woodard was beaten and the name of the officer. Quote, Officer X, end quote, Orson Welles announced, I'm talking to you. You are going to be uncovered. This is Orson Welles saying this on his radio show. Within days, the NAACP received a letter from an African-American soldier 
who wrote he was on the bus when Isaac Woodard was pulled off, pulled off the bus. The letter writer identified the town where the beating occurred as Batesburg, South Carolina. Officer X Orson Welles announced, we know your name now. Now here is um, Isaac Woodard applying for maximum disability benefits and his mother is with him also. You see Isaac Woodard with the sunglasses on. On September 19, 1946, uh, White led a delegation. Let me see here. Did I skip something? Orson Okay. Uh, Walter White. On September 19, 1946, Walter White of the NAACP led a delegation of civil rights leaders to meet with President Harry S. Truman to urge him to work to pass anti-lynching legislation, to urge him to pass anti-lynching legislation. Quote, when White realizes Truman isn't going to move forward, according to PBS, he tells the president, also a veteran, the story of Isaac Woodard and President Harry Truman was enraged. He had taken this meeting with civil rights leaders reluctantly and was prepared to brush them off, Jamila Efren recalled. Now, when Harry Truman heard about the police attack on Isaac Woodard, a veteran, he exclaimed, my God, I did not know it, it, it was this bad. We've got to do something. The next day, President Harry Truman ordered his attorney general to bring federal charges against Batesburg Police Chief Linwood L. Shaw, S-H-U-L-L, who was charged with violating the civil rights of uh, Sergeant Isaac Woodard for blinding, for blinding both of his eyes, for blinding him in both eyes. A month later, on November 5th, 1946, Shaw, uh, Officer Shaw's trial began in Columbia, South Carolina, the trial was presided over by Judge J. Watties Waring, the son of a Confederate soldier. During the trial, Isaac Woodard testified that he was pulled off the interstate bus on the night of February 13, 1946, in Batesburg, South Carolina. Quote, Shaw, Officer Shaw, was waiting for him at the bus door, he said, and struck him before he could say anything, end quote, according to a 1946 United Press News article. Two war veterans, a Negro and a white, who were discharged at Augusta the same day as I Woodard and rode on the bus with him, testified that the Negro was not drunk and had not created a disturbance. They testified that Isaac Woodard was not drunk and had not created a disturbance. The all-white jury deliber deliber deliberated only 15 minutes before acquitting Officer Shaw. Quote, Judge Waring and his wife are appalled at the blatant miscarriage of justice. Waring will devote the rest of his career to the fight against racism the Warrings become the targets of threats and violence, okay, according to PBS, Public Broadcasting System. 
a month after the trial ended on December 5th, 1946, okay, and this is the year after World War II ends, President Harry S. Truman signed an executive order creating the President's Committee on Civil Rights. On June 28, 1947, President Truman accepted an invitation from the NAACP's Walter White to speak at the organization's annual convention. President Truman said in his speech at the Lincoln Memorial, quote, there is no justifiable reason for discrimination because of ancestry or religion or race or color. We cannot any longer await the growth of a will to action in the slowest state or the most backward community. Our national government must show the way. Our national government must show the way. A month later, on July 26, 1946, President Harry S. Truman signed Executive Orders 980 and 9981, racially integrating the U.S. military and the federal government workforce. Racially integrating the U.S. military and the federal government workforce. And that is a result of the activism that resulted after um, Sergeant Isaac Woodard was blinded and the victim of police brutality. Okay, so, and this is who Representative James Clyburn talked about in the clip that I just played, talked about Sergeant Isaac Woodard. Read this article here from the Washington Post. A black World War II veteran was beaten and blinded fueling the civil rights movement. A black World War II veteran was beaten and blinded, fueling the civil rights movement. Uh, this is from, this is the story of Isaac Woodard, Sergeant Isaac Woodard. This is from March 31st, 2021 by Deneen L. Brown for the Washington Post. Okay, now, um, very quickly here. See, th so this is why understanding history is important and understanding laws and policies. You have to understand history to understand the policies that need to be put in place to address historical inequities. Okay, this is why this bill is so important. Also read this article here from Axios.com, legislation to resolve GI Bill racial inequities introduced by Democrats. This is by Jacob Knutson, K-N-U-T-S-O-N, and this is from November 11th, 2021 for Axios.com, A-X-I-O-S, Axios.com. All right, now, um, if you'd like this type of information, be sure to register for the 10-week online course that I teach on Saturdays from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968, where we get deep into this type of information. And each class we go through and analyze approximately a 10-year uh, period of time, some cases more than 10 years. And we deal with history leading up to the Civil War starting in 1803 with the Louisiana Purchase. And then we deal with uh, the Civil War, World War I, Civil War, uh, uh, Reconstruction Era, 1865 to 1877, um, Jim, Jim Crow Era, Great Migration, 1915 to 1970, we look at migrations like the uh, Black Exodus of 1879 
and 6,000 African-Americans migrating out of Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, going into uh, Kansas. Okay. Uh, and, and then we look at the, uh, we look at the Jim Crow era, uh, World War One, World War II, Great Migration, Civil Rights Movement, and Black Power Movement. To understand what happened to us, to understand what happened to us uh, after slavery ended and the laws and policies put in place so we understand where we need to go from here. All right. Okay, so uh, click on register here when you go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We just, and I just posted a link here. Class is regularly $130. So it's on sale $50. As soon as you register, you can watch the class we did um, this past Saturday. All right. And we do the sessions live. All the sessions are recorded. You can watch it anytime, even after the 10-week online course is over with. You can still watch it. So next year, if you want to watch the whole class, you can do that. Um, very quickly here. I want to look at uh, this article. We'll probably talk about this some more tomorrow's show. I've done an entire presentation dealing with this as well. How the GI Bill's promise was denied to uh, a million Black World War II veterans. How the GI Bill's promise was denied to a million black World War II veterans. And uh, this is a piece here from uh, history.com, official website of the History Channel. The sweep, so this deals with the GI Bill, 19, uh, June 22nd, 1944. Okay, the, service, the Servicemen's uh, Readjustment uh, Act. All right, just a second here. Okay. So we'll look at this very briefly and we'll talk about this some more tomorrow show because we've already been here an hour and a half. Uh, Something very quickly I want to look at here. So you have 1.2 million African-American World War II veterans who are largely going to be shut out of the GI Bill. While the GI Bill's language did not specifically exclude uh, African-American veterans from its benefits, it was structured in a way that ultimately shut uh, doors for 1.2 million African-American veterans who had who have bravely served their country during World War II in segregated ranks, bravely served their country in World War II and segregated ranks, okay? Now, this part here is very important. Fear of black advancement. Fear of black advancement. When lawmakers began drafting the GI Bill in 1944, some Southern Democrats feared that returning black veterans returning black veterans would use public sympathy for veterans to advocate against Jim Crow laws. And in my class, we look at the evolution of the Jim Crow laws after 
Reconstruction ends in 1877, and we see in 1881, like on, on, on yesterday's show, when we talked about Plessy versus Ferguson, 1896 U.S. Supreme Court case, and that dealt with uh, segregation on uh, railroad cars, on trains. And we go back to uh, 1881, Tennessee was the first state to pass laws segregating uh, railroad cars. It was Tennessee in 1881, then they followed by Florida in 1887, Mississippi 1888, Texas 1889, Louisiana 1890. Plessy versus Ferguson was uh, originated out of Louisiana in 1892, that case, and it goes to the U.S. Supreme Court, okay? Um, Alabama, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Georgia in 1891, and then you have, you're going to have South Carolina and other states, okay? So there... And uh, then they're writing uh, segregation into their state constitutions and imposing poll taxes and literacy tests, things like this, grandfather clauses. They're doing this in their state constitutions. All right. And this is in the late 1800s, early 1900s. OK, so when lawmakers began drafting the GI Bill in 1944, some Southern Democrats feared that returning African-American voters would use public sympathy for veterans to advocate uh, against Jim Crow laws to make sure the GI Bill largely benefited white people. The Southern Democrats drew on tactics that had previously, uh, that had previously used to ensure, that had been previously used to ensure that the New Deal helped as few African-Americans as possible. During the drafting of the law, the chair of the House Veterans Committee, Mississippi Congressman John Rankin, played hardball and insisted that the program be administered by individual states instead of the federal government. He insisted that the program, the GI Bill, be uh, uh, administered by individual states instead of the federal government. And this is something that Representative James Clyburn has talked about when it comes to this bill, okay? When it, when it, when it comes to um, the, uh, the bill that he's introducing to address this historical discrimination. Now, uh, Representative John Rankin got his way and he was known for his virulent racism. Representative John Rankin, Rankin of Mississippi uh, defended segregation. He opposed interracial marriage. And he had been, uh, he had even proposed legislation to, conf to confine, then deport every person with Japanese heritage during World War II. Now, when the bill came to a committee vote in the House of Representatives, Representative John Rankin stonewalled uh, in an, stonewalled the bill in an attempt. Just a second here. Okay, he stonewalled the bill in an attempt to gut another provision that entitled all veterans to $20 a week of unemployment compensation for a year. It entitled all veterans to $20 a week of unemployment compensation for a year. 
Now, Representative John Rankin knew this would represent a significant gain for African-American Southerners. So he refused to cast a critical proxy vote in protest. The American Legion ended up tracking down the Congressman who had left his proxy vote with John Rankin and flying him to Washington to break the deadlock. President Roosevelt, President Franklin Roosevelt signed the Servicemen's Readjustment Act into law on June 22, 1944, only weeks after the D-Day offensive began. It ushered into law sweeping benefits for veterans, including college tuition, low-cost home loans, and unemployment insurance. All right. And very quickly here, we'll talk about this some more tomorrow's show. From the start, African-American veterans had trouble securing the GI Bill's benefits. Some could not accept, uh, some could not access, uh, 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 some could not access uh, benefits because they had not been given an honorable discharge. And a much larger number of African-American veterans were discharged dishonor dishonorably than their white counterparts. Veterans who did qualify could not find facilities that delivered on the bill's promise. African-American veterans in vocational training programs at a segregated high school in Indianapolis were unable to participate in activities related to plumbing, electricity, and printing because adequate equipment was only available to white students. When you actually go through and get past all of the romance, uh, get past people romanticizing about segregation and actually study it, it was segregating us out of opportunity. It was locking us out of opportunity. This is an example of this. We earned the benefits, but because of segregated uh, training programs, we didn't have the we didn't have the 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 access. We didn't have the uh, infrastructure there, okay, or the capacity for us to be able to take advantage of plumbing programs and uh, uh, electrician programs and printing programs, even though we earned the benefits. This is an example of segregation. African-American veterans, see, this, see, people think about segregation and like not being able to be served at a, at, a, at a white lunch counter. No, we're talking about being segregated, locked out of opportunities, and these opportunities be, being protected for white people. African-American veterans in a vocational training program at a segregated high school in Indianapolis, which is up north last time I checked, were unable to participate in activities related to plumbing, electri electricity, or elect being an, an electrician, and printing because adequate equipment was only available to white students. Racism is a system 
of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race, which comes out of the ideology of European white supremacy for the purpose of preserving genetic white survival. Racism has nothing to do with not liking people or calling people racial epithets or things or calling people the N-word. Racism is a system of advantage and privilege distribute, distributed based upon race. This is an example of this. And, and, and the GI Bill is one of the major things after slavery ends that contributes to the racial wealth gap. The GI Bill in African Americans largely being locked out of being able to take advantage of the benefits that they earned and that their taxpayer dollars are subsidized. Simple intimidation kept others from enjoying GI, GI Bill benefits. In 1947, for example, a crowd hurled rocks at African American veterans as they moved into a Chicago housing development. Thousands of African-American veterans were attacked in the years following World War II, and some were singled out and lynched or beaten by police like Sergeant Isaac Woodard in his uniform. Coming back home from serving his country and fighting in World War II. We'll talk about this some more on tomorrow's show. Okay. Now, this is understanding what happened after World War II ended and how this, these historical inequities and how this history impacts us today, okay? And what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. This is why understanding history is so important and how, and how history and laws and policies intersect legislation to resolve gi bill racial inequities introduced by democrats didn't say introduced by republicans i'm neither republican nor democrat but I sure as hell ain't stupid i study this stuff on a daily basis well how many republicans are going to support this bill to address this historical racism these historical inequities. They don't most most Republicans don't don't even want to acknowledge these historical inequities exist. They don't most of them don't even want to acknowledge that racism like still exists today and we're still dealing with the legacy of racism, not 246 years of slavery, but just just in the last 156 years, just after slavery ended. Most of them don't even want to deal with that. We saw how how Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg was attacked by many Republicans when on November 8th at a White House press briefing, he talked about historical racism when it came to transportation and when it came to infrastructure. Because this is one of the things that the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill is going to address. All right, that's enough radio for the day. Um, follow us here on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotel, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. So this is why the, uh, the foundation is African history and culture. It gives us our VIPs, our values, our interests, and our principles. It influences our economic empowerment and political empowerment. And this is why understanding history is so important.
the laws and policies put in place, how we got to where we are today, what laws and policies need to be put in place to take us where we need to go. So when we talk about repairing the damage of, of slavery and uh, Jim Crow segregation and what happened after slavery ended, this is an example of that. But this deals with understanding policy and law. Politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power, and resources and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. All this deals with laws and policies. The GI Bill was law, and it helped to maldistribute wealth, power, and resources to the hands of Europeans. All right, if you'd like to type of information, also you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN Show, dollar sign, the AHN Show, or through Cash App, um, the, or, or through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN Show. Uh, this is our official Cash App account. And when you go to it, it shows my picture there and uh, it says Michael. These other ones here are fake African History Network Cash App accounts. So we're here six days a week. The Celsius keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting. Um, and if you if you like this, if this information that we shared in this show, if you like this, then the 10 week online course that I teach uh, will blow you away. Dealing with history from 1865 through 1968 because we deal with some of this history we deal with world war one world war two civil war uh great migration black power movement all of that okay we do the sessions live all the sessions are archived and recorded you can go back and watch them anytime so as soon as you register you can watch the class that we did last week and the week before i teach this class on saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m eastern standard time this class is going to be uh saturday november 20th this is from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips, uh, everything. Okay. Um, so you can register for this one here. And, and we and we start out looking at events that lead to the Civil War taking place, starting with the Louisiana Purchase of 1803. The Missouri Compromise of 1820. We look at the uh, Kansas-Nebraska Act of 1854, the um, uh, Compromise of 1850, and the Compromise of 1850 dealt with organizing the land that the U.S. got uh, uh, from the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo of 1848, and the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo is what ended the Mexican-American War of 1846 to 1848. So we go through and look at all this history chronologically to see how all these historical events are related and how we got to where we are today to understand where we need to go from here. Okay, so I do that on Saturdays. Then the other class, the, the, the class I teach on Sundays is ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the Atlantic slave trade, where they didn't teach you in school. This one here, we do a PowerPoint presentation, video clips, articles, book references. We deal with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. The next class is Sunday, November 21st. Um, as soon as you register, you can watch the class we did last week. And from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, that class basically picks up where understanding the transatlantic slave trade leads off, okay? So these classes will keep you busy and 
right now you can so understand the transatlantic slave trade is regularly hundred thirty dollars on sale, eighty dollars. Um, we have a special link here. You can register for both classes for only a hundred dollars. So that's uh like a hundred and sixty dollar savings. Uh where is that? Let me post that link here. So you can register for both classes. And you can start watching right now and you can join us in class this weekend. Um Let's see, that would be, okay. We'll post this link here. Okay, uh, right here. Quartz bundle pack, $100, uh, $400. I'll post the link here. And if you have any questions about the classes, uh, email me at uh ahn show at african history network because we just posted a link allows you to register for both classes for only a hundred dollars and that is over 50 percent off it's like uh 160 dollars off okay and if you have any questions email me at ahn show at african history network.com and if you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization to speak for uh african-american history month dr king day kwanzaa I also have a, a, a presentation dealing with the origins of Christmas and the pre-Christian origins of Christmas also. Okay, so if you want me to do a, a presentation in person or a virtual presentation or teach a class for your group or organization or your church, either in person or a virtual presentation, email me at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. And I can teach this class also to your group also if you want either one of these classes. All right, um, African-American business owners, uh, email us also, and we'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network or current promotion. Buy one month, get two months free. All right, we have to get out of here. Uh, remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct your own behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Soul in Motion, celebrating 38 years in the arts. This energetic ensemble of dancers and drummers was started by percussionist Michael Friend and is led by choreographer, associate director Pam Lassiter. Based in the Washington, D.C. area, Soul in Motion is now accepting bookings for Black History Month, Juneteenth, and summer festivals in 2022. Soul in Motion is also available for more intimate events like naming ceremonies and weddings. To find out more or book your date, call 240-452-1349 or send an email to info at soulinmotion.org. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Soul in Motion celebrating our history, our culture, our future. Soul in Motion. Theater, African dance, and drumming since 1984.
Kwanzaa is coming and the KwanzaaShop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs. Order your Kwanzaa set today, which includes a Kanara, candles, a mat, a cup, the African American flag, and a basket. Visit the KwanzaaShop.com, the KwanzaaShop.com. They have Kanara sets, which include a candle holder, candles, a mat, and a cup. Kwanzaa is December 26th through January the 1st. Add the early bird discount code for 10% off your order placed before November 28th. Visit the KwanzaaShop.com and place your order today. The KwanzaaShop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs to celebrate this African-American Pan-African holiday. The KwanzaaShop.com Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It's die. Stop the ghost, L-O-X-D block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting, LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365, and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses. Take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted, empower yourself. Start your free trial today.